0: Live Live On Live Live on set. Set. And welcome to episode five of Live On Set. My name is Austin Lee. I am the host of this podcast. Live on set, the weekly pop culture podcast where I'm talking film, music, sports, television with my friends, family and people that I meet along the way. Episode 5, the first time I have a return guest on Live On Set, my good friend, Connor Brown. Connor, how's it going? So I think you've had five episodes.
1: Yes. I've been a guest on two. Yes. If my math is correct, that is, I've been on 57.5% of the shows. My math's not right. No. 40% of the shows... No, that one is right. Is it? That it's yeah, dude. If you've had 5 shows, 20%, I've been on it two times. That's 40. I've been on 40% of the shows in the first 5 episodes. I, I just feel like
0: I need I deserve a co-hosting <laughs> credit. And that's going to do it for us today on live on set. All right. <laughs> I'm joking, but um yes, there's there's a lot of things I want to talk about. I want to I want to thank you for Uh, Being on episode one of Live On Set, we talked a lot about our our radio show. We talked a little bit about why I wanted to start the podcast and how you and your vision uh, with your podcast was a part of that, a big inspiration. But I wanted to have you on today, bring it back a little bit sooner than the other people that I've had so far. I'm sure they'll come back as well down the road. But you just hit the 100 podcast episode mark for WDW Opinion. There's big congratulations.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, it is pretty crazy, I think it's crazy just because for my podcast, which is about Walt Disney World, the fact that there are a hundred episodes out there and and most of them vast vast majority are over an hour long there's just a hundred hours of at least a hundred hours of of like audio content out there it's very, very hard to wrap my head around. And I mean, you look at like others, you look at Joe Rogan and he knows, he's on podcast, you know, 1,587. Right. He does it many times a week, but so you don't seem like you're, you're like, you're that big of a deal and I'm not still, but I think it's cool to just look back and see that I've been able to create that much. absolutely. And I'm not saying that any of it's good, <laughs> Right right but i think when you when you're creative and and you know people think of someone who's creative they think of an artist they think of someone who has you know creativity or or, or whatever but a creative person just means you create something you start with nothing and you create something so to see that that there's uh uh i've created a hundred hours of something with all the guests I've had with the co-hosts that I've had Henry, who was your second guest. That's just very significant to me. Of course. And I think that's the biggest thing thing for me. So thank you for, for congratulating me and, and, and all of that. But I think I'm just, I'm just proud that I've been able to produce um, through it all.
0: Absolutely. And I know we've been to the parks together countless times now mm-hmm. and I think the the thing for me that I've noticed either see you try to um, not just develop the content but the work that you put into it and to see where you've gone from your episode zero to where you are now. There's so many elements to your podcast and your spin on what Walt Disney World means to you that what you put out to your 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 audience, your opinioneers. There's so many things that you do, whether if it's a Facebook live stream or it's the weekly podcast or there's contents on your blog or the fact that you interact with people all over the world, really. And so you are very much, and I've seen it from either assisting with live streams or when you're home in Maryland and you're doing your, your Facebook um, weekly thing, I see people, hey, from... The Island of Mon or Hey from the UK or Hey from Canada. It, like there's so many things that go into it. And I just think that a hundred episodes and and seeing where you've gone from zero to hundred, literally, you have a podcast that people tune in weekly from all over the world.
1: It's really weird. And I think it's just it's really, really, really difficult for me to wrap my head around that. Because it's not a big podcast by, by right. any means. Of the, I'm sorry. I have to stop everything. We were watching Last Man Standing. She's I have that sweater with that duck on it.
0: Which one? The older daughter?
1: With The older daughter. I, I bought it at Target. It's one of my favorite sweaters. Sorry. This is
0: a breaking news live on Z exclusive. Sorry. We are live in Orlando watching yeah, this. The
1: eldest daughter in Last Man Standing is wearing a sweater that I wear. And um, well, I think I have a lot to process after that. So, sorry. That was incredibly rude of me because you were no, being very, very nice. But, it needed to be said. Um, I, It's very, very, very difficult for me to wrap my head around the fact that people uh, tune in each week and they tune in from around the world. Just because you, like, you know, imposter syndrome is a real thing. And that just means, like, who am I? Right. Who am I to be doing this? And the way I see it is... It's almost like I have an obligation to continue to do it now. Not that I wouldn't ever stop or or whatever, but I mm-hmm. love being able to uh create something and the fact that people enjoy it is is incredible. It it really really is. So yeah. um so it's cool, it's fun. It's it's been a it's been a fun ride so so much so far.
0: So when it comes to Disney, I know you had all this, your appreciation for the parks and what Disney has meant to you um, since you were born and became a fan, and all the way up until the point that you started to get this going. Do you notice something different every time when you go to the parks? Are there things that you, because you've been, you've worked in the parks, you were a cast member, you go to the parks multiple times a year. When you go back time and time and time again, are are there things that you didn't notice the last time that just add to your appreciation and your fanhood of Disney?
1: Yeah, I think it's... So it's a couple of things. One, I have a unique perspective in the fact that I went many times before I worked there. So from the time I was born and all through college, I went there many, many, many times. So I had a relationship with Walt Disney World as a guest. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I became a cast member, right? So I had a relationship with the parks, going into the parks for a year as it, when I worked as a cast member. So it's a very different world you're seeing. And then now, I have the relationship of being a former cast member who's now back turned into a guest, right? So with each of those stages, you kind of approach the park in different in different ways, and of course maturity and and in my own personal life as well uh, revolves around all of that. To answer your question, absolutely. Every single time I see, I see something new. But I wanted to say that there were three different stages because in each of those stages, I see the parks through a different prism. So going as a normal guest, you see the parks as it is on Mm -hmm. face value. Going as a cast member, you see it through the eyes of... I just worked a shift at, at Seven Doors Mine Train yesterday. Right, come on, tell the you know. So I'm very like on edge in the fact that I'm, if I'm in line, I'm like, okay, we got to know how many people are in our party. We got to know how many people are in our party. So you're always looking out for that. And then as a former cast member, there's still aspects of that, but you appreciate it more because you know the work that goes into creating the magic each and every day. Right. So I see new things through different eyes every time I go, Mm -hmm. but to get granular on your question, yeah, every single time I go in, I see a new sign. I see a new detail. I see a new... There's things I still haven't done at Walt Disney World. Attractions I still haven't been on. Mm -hmm. Places I still haven't eaten at. Right. So there's always something to explore, and I think for people who always say you're going to Disney again, can't you be bored with that? Back home in Maryland, People have beach houses. People go to the beach every single year, multiple times through the year. And I'm like, that's, it's the same thing. You don't right. get sick of the beach or, or or whatever. So it's almost like I feel with nature, people say, oh yeah, you can go back to a, a nature spot time and time again, but something that's man-made like Disney World, you can't go back. And I just I just think that that's so so incorrect and so, so ignorant because there's so many things to still... Do in Walt Disney World, and there's also so many different ways because no two days are alike.
0: Right, and, and I would say that, and I think I know the answer to this question already. I probably should have asked this question before I asked the last one, but like, if you notice things new or not. But for me, and we've known each other for a long time now, you know I'm very much into everything. Like I talk about this podcast, like pop culture is my thing, film, music, sports, television, as like an audience member or a fan. Of, of either an artist, a movie a director, anything like that. I hope that I have not seen the best movie I've ever seen. I hope that I have not gone to the best concert. I haven't been to the best sporting event, things like that. As a fan of Disney, in the back of your mind, are you still looking at the parks like when when you walk in, okay, this is going to be the best time I've ever gone? Do you look at things like that?
1: So I think for this question, you have to... The answer I'm about to give, you have to understand that this is coming through the lenses of a crazy person, right? Because I am when it comes to to Walt Disney World. Sure. I always say my favorite trip to Walt Disney World is the next trip, right? Partly because, as someone who doesn't live in Orlando, for me the planning is just as much of, of the process. So it's kind of that. All right, I can get off of work. I can go and I can plan a trip a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, I can look research some restaurants, I can figure out what I want to do, look at hot deals, you know, whatever it is, of course. On hotels. So that's why it's always, you know, the next trip is always going to be, going to be the best one for me. So, and I also don't think, I have very, very, very good memories of every trip that I've been on. A lot of them run together now. Because right. I've been so many times. But the fact that I'm always chasing that next trip, That's part of the allure to Walt Disney World for me. And it also helps that there's constantly new things coming to to the parks and and to the resorts.
0: Right. So we've talked WDW opinion. We've talked how you feel about the parks. But we have actually been to the parks together. We've been a couple of times now, I'd say three or four times in the past month or two now. When we talked on, on your Podcast a couple of months ago, I said that when I got to go back to Disney, because I think you went once or twice before we went together to Magic Kingdom, that was my first step to getting back to something relatively normal to me. My first big step back into what normalcy would be for me and, and kind of what we have here in, in, in 2020 and pushing forward. Um, and now I've gone three other times since then. And it is so safe out there, and four other times you went to four. Twice. That's right. I went to Epcot twice. That's right. So four times. So the time is now to go to the parks. But the time really was now to go to the parks, like a month or like a month and a half ago.
1: Basically, when it opened. So, you know, during this COVID thing, uh, the Walt Disney World parks closed for the first time ever. So there were before COVID. Since Walt Disney World opened in 1971, there were only three or four times where the parks closed. Right. Uh, So they run 365 days a year. The three times that they closed, four times that they closed, three were for hurricanes, and one was the day after September 11th. Okay. So this was, you know, it never happened before. So then the parks closed for a couple months. I mean, they closed in March. And they didn't open back up until middle of July. Right. So I was there in July, uh, late, late, late July, majority in August, many times in September. So I would say, yeah, like last month was probably the perfect time from a crowd perspective. Okay. Um, It was hot. And I'll say this. It's still a fantastic time to go. Yeah. Wait times are still down. There's still not a lot of people there. I just saw a picture from someone posted, remember when? And it was like Christmas Day, like two years ago. And that's like, you can't, there's no one, you, you don't have an, a, a, an inch next to you on all sides because there's so many people in right. every single park. Right. So um, yeah, right now it's pretty pretty spectacular. And I say if you're in your, a good physical state. And you can go. Yeah, everyone needs a vacation right now. So yeah, I mean you have to wear masks in the parks and stuff, but other than that, it's a lot of fun. And it it's yeah. a lot a lot a lot of fun. But, yeah. but I I think it's also important that you're very conscious of where you're going. Sure. And you've said something independently to your coworkers, your friends, which I've been saying as well, which I'm I was very happy when you came up with it independently by yourself. You're you, that you feel safer in Walt Disney World than you do at Publix at the grocery store. Yeah. So uh that's just like a really good testament to what Disney what Disney is doing. Yeah, um, and I think a lot of other places can learn from it and I believe a lot of other places are learning from them. Right. As, as we're as think more things are opening right. up. Right.
0: And I, I like when you, you said that because I've definitely been saying it. I've said it I know you've heard me say it and I've said it to a lot of people where you haven't been there. But it starts with when you get in the park. It's like the temperature checks. You go through the signage everywhere. I never feel like people are all up in my business. Yes, we've been in a line that if it was non-COVID times, it would be, you would think based on how far we are out, it would be like an hour plus long wait when you're on that ride in 15 minutes
1: max. So the thing with the lines is there are markers on the ground. Right. And it says, please stand here. So there's these big stickers. So your party is supposed to stand behind the line. And the way it works is the lines are spaced out six feet. So there's one line. You stand right on the line. Mm-hmm. The next line is six feet in front of you, a little bit a little bit further yeah. than, than six feet. So that's where the next party stands. The line behind you is a little bit further than six feet behind you as well. Some of them are more spaced out so that people standing next to you, like as they're like, cause lines go up, down, back, forth, left, right, so that other people in the line are are six feet away from you on the left or the right as well. So because of that, all the queues that Disney built, all the lines that Disney built, were intended to have everyone right next to each other. Right. Now that they're six feet apart, the queues and the lines extend much much further, like outside the ride. So there's all these high wait times. They're high wait times just so. Not that they can deter you, but just so if anything happens, you know. Right. They're constantly cleaning the rides, too. So sometimes you'll be in line and you'll wait for 10 minutes as they clean every single ride vehicle. But so a line that looks wicked long is like 10 minutes. Right. If that. Right. So um, it just extends more because there's, there's a huge amount of buffer room behind you and in front of you for every single party in line.
0: Right, and yeah, no, I mean, you you described it perfectly, and we've gone out to the parks just to maybe walk around and get a bite to dinner if you were doing something for your podcast, and I was like, yeah, I'll go out and we'll walk around, and then we've gone to... I'd say
1: Magic Kingdom and Hollywood when we went, because you've only been to Magic yeah, Kingdom once. and Hollywood once. Hollywood once. Epcot
0: twice. Epcot, excuse me, Epcot twice. Epcot
1: twice. We just went to Animal Kingdom. Yeah. So I would say... The two, the Magic Kingdom, and the Hollywood Studios. That was we're going there for the day, right? To have a have a fun day, yeah. And we were there for for a very long time in, in yeah. both of those parks, right?
0: No, hundred percent. And so, like, when it comes to the like the signage and walking around, do you think that when we get closer and closer, like back to normal, do you think that they'll still still do the temperature checks and they'll still have the signage and the things like that. Because, I I mean, I love it. It makes me feel safe that people are not like all up in my business. But I'm sure as time goes on, it's going to have to go.
1: The temperature checks, I have no idea. I don't know when those are going to go away. So basically, before you get into the park, you have to have your temperature checked. And it's run by Advent Health. So it's a third-party right health organization that's running it, which is good because they're, you know, quote-unquote unbiased. The signage and the thing I was talking about when it came to the lines, social distancing, and the lines. I don't understand how we ever stood that close to people before.
0: Right. And I was hoping you would say something like that because I love it. I can't remember. I mean, do we really have people that on top of us before breathing
1: down our necks?
0: From from working at, and you worked a ride at, at Magic Kingdom, so you pre-COVID so you knew kind of maybe you just you take a step back because they don't have a choice now and you can see how things are spaced out and how things aren't as crammed and populated as before the volume of guests is significantly lower now than it, it was back then when I would work an event at Amway so depending on what event it was it could be between like 20,000, or it could be as few... There's Solar Bear games during the week that you're lucky if it's like 1,500. But you will see people when there's stanchions and there's lines for certain places when you're like, this is way too much, this is a problem. And then I go out to Disney and I'm thinking, depending on the venue or depending on the park, I feel like there will be a way to phase it back in. By the time that it's back to normal, you will have felt that way for a while.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean... I think the problem is going to be if someone... Like, you can actively choose to stand six feet away from the people in front of you. Sure. You can't actively tell the people behind you, hey, back up, without saying, hey, back up. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't I, I don't know what what is going to happen. And for, for people that, that are very, very, very... Are cognizant of what's going on, the markers on the ground are kind of your get out a free jail card so it's kind of like if someone is on top of you yeah and you don't like it you just turn around and say hey could you wait back there yeah and th- nine times out of ten they'll be like yeah oh i'm so sorry yep i didn't realize and, yep. the- and they'll wait there but i could see if there's no markers they'd be like uh i don't understand people in disney a lot of people are just sheep. Like they're just you know, following the herd. Right. They're looking at the signs and right. stuff. So that's why they need them. Yeah. And they have to overdo them because plenty of people still won't won't see it. But um yeah, so like certain things like that, like I love the social distancing. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Yeah. Give me some room, man. You right. know, I don't need it's hot in Disney. People are sweaty, sure. People are stanky. Sure. So yeah.
0: Before we move on, I do want to talk about like the temperature checks for a second. Like For me, it's kind of been just in, all right, you're good. Have a good day. For you, you've had some of those experiences. Hey, you're good. Have a good day. And you've had some other things. So can you talk about that for a second?
1: When you get into the parks, the first thing that you go through hmm. is the temperature checks. Before security, before you scan your ticket. To go through the turnstile to get in the parks, you have to go through a temperature check. Right, that's what I was saying. When it's, it's run by Advent Health, so they're not Disney cast members, they're not Disney employees, and they just have a little, a little uh, uh, thermometer, right? One of those, you know, touchless thermometers, right? Pointing at your head, and then they say, "Okay, you're good to go." And the and the temperature is a hundred point three. If you're below hundred point three. You're good to go. Right. If you're above it, there's some issues. Right. I have been on the other end before.
0: Dun dun dun. I
1: have had a temperature of over a hundred point three before. And what they do is they say, Come over to this tent and they have just a small tent. And they say, Sit down for a little bit. We have some cold water. It's dark in there, there's no lights. There's a huge AC unit running. They're like, just cool down for a little bit. First time I did it, I cooled down. And the girl that was taking my temperature, I sat down, took two sips of water. She's like, all right, let's try again. And she scanned my head and said, you're good to go. I was like, oh, okay. yeah. So I must have been right on the line or whatever. Um, And what they do is when you're... When you walk in and your your temperature is above it on your head, right. they also scan behind your ear, like on oh. your on your uh uh neck. Interesting. So that time, scan my head over, scan my neck over, tent thirty seconds maybe, scan again. You're good. The second time I got in the tent, sat down, was talking to the the girl that was taking my temperature that time, tested me again, said, Oh, you're still over. The third time, which was like a full minute, mm-hmm. minute and a half later, tested me again and says, you're good to go. That time, my temperature was 102. And so by the end of it, I was below 100.3. Good Lord. Now, let me just say this. Of course. I'm not sick. I know. I My temperature is normal. Austin, I think you, you...
0: you I've diagnosed the issue. You've diagnosed the issue. I know damn well what it is. So, to tell the people, what do you think it is? It's... The scientist would say he had no symptoms. It was probably the long walk from the parking lot. The asphalt is very hot.
1: Not a lot of of shade in the parking lot as well.
0: And I said, you listen to fire beats in that car, man. You love good music. You're out there. It's a 30-minute drive from the house. You're jamming left and right. Of course, you're going to have too much heat.
1: It's the I think the problem is I just get so amped because, you know, hips don't lie Shakira is playing on a loop in my car for 30 minutes as I'm driving in. I am on and, when I hit the, and then I work myself into a tizzy. Right. But the fact of this is it's good that they don't turn you away immediately because it is hot. Right. So you can be hot and not have a temperature, not be sick. Right. So that's why they want to cool you down. Because you're wandering around. You're you're going everywhere. So, I mean, that's that's the big reason behind all that. Which, I don't know. I think it's, I mean, the first time it happened to me, I was, you panic. You, you panic. For sure. Immediately. You're like, what did I do? Uh, I, I don't feel sick. Have I been coughing? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Right. But the way the Advent health workers treat you, it happens. Yeah. That's that's the way they are. Yeah. I think what would have happened was if she was to take my temperature again, they would have said, and it was high, they would have said, you have to wait here for 15 minutes. We'll come back in 15 minutes. If your temperature is still high, you can't come into the park today. Right. Because then they're saying, you're not hot you're you're sick. You're sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If I actually had a 102.5 temperature, I wouldn't have been able to walk from the parking lot. Right. 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 Yeah. So No,
0: 100%. And yeah. I think like cuz at that point, like if even Stevens was the first movie or was the, was the first TV show, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that right. got a movie after it because there was like a revolt.
1: Yeah. yeah. People were upset.
0: People were upset. Yeah. And I didn't know that. I just never really noticed it. And I guess Disney was like they did not want their fan base to really only watch Disney Channel for even Stevens. They wanted to have other shows out there that people just didn't want to watch it or a majority of their fan base on a TV standpoint was just even Stevens. Well,
1: I think the the, the issue was also because of the ch- a children's thing. Right. Because kids are constantly coming through. It's not like a, a, a seven-year-old necessarily remembers... Everything they watch when they were five. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you, they continue to watch it year after year, that's good. But if a new five year old comes in, they've never seen even Stevens. They don't understand what's, what's going on. Right. Um, but I think that that was also why they did this is, I can't believe we're talking about this, why they did Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. And then they did Sweet Life of Zack and Cody on deck. Right. Because they considered it a completely new series. A series. So it was on a cruise ship. So right. that's why they're how they're able to get right. away with that.
0: But like, there's other things that are on there too, like some Pixar movies, like Ratatouille and The Incredibles, Mr. Um, Incredible. Uh, I've watched a couple of times Every, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just so many good movies that, um, on the Pixar side of things, that. I just... Some of them, I just didn't remember them. I got to watch them again and reconnect with them again. And I really need to do that with the Toy Stories because I've seen the first one countless times. But I really, start to finish, I don't remember all of Toy Story 2 and 3. And I know Toy Story 2 for you... I mean, Toy Story for you and Lion King, of course. But Toy Story 2 for you is very high on your list as well. Toy Uh,
1: Story as well. Not Toy Story 2. Correct. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Sorry. That's what I meant. But for me... There are so many things on there about the history of Disney. It's not just the TV shows that were on Disney Channel and the Disney Channel original movies which are on there, which are great, and then Pixar movies, Marvel, things like that.
1: Do you have a favorite Disney Channel original movie, DCOM? Yes. Can I guess it?
0: Sure. You have three guesses. Look me in the eyes. Luck at the Irish. No. no. This is tough.
1: Miracle in Lane 6. No. Close?
0: No. <laughs> We did not support the talents of Frankie Muniz in my household. Interesting. I'm joking. No mask in the middle. He is fantastic in Big Fat Okay, 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 okay. But no, it is not the other two. Not bad guesses, I would say,
1: but... Okay. Mm -hmm. This is the last one. Johnny Tsunami. Close. Close to Johnny Tsunami? Brink, baby. Oh, that is a good one.
0: Brink, Johnny Tsunami, and then you can flip a coin for either, because I would do like... Smart smart House? No. Too scary. It
1: was very scary. Luck <laughs> right. of the Irish, also quite scary.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm a big sh- show of the fan psych and the villain in Luck of the Irish is, yes. is last right. on right. That's psych. Right. But what I will say is there's a lot of people that got their start or had like random roles in, in, in Disney Channel original movies, which are great. So many of them were great. There were a few that I might have been like, eh. And then some that I really, really liked. So Brink, Johnny Tsunami, Alley Cat Strike, and Oh, God. Those, those were good movies, right? Ugh. Dude, of course. Not Alley Cat Strike. Of course. And then two movies that I'm really big fans of, Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. Oh, I
1: th- I, I was going to guess that. Bobby Flay. Bobby Flay. <laughs>
0: Incredible. And he's still relevant. W- yeah. Okay. And... Motocross? That's, uh, that you pulled that one out of the vault. Good for you. No. High School Musical, the first one. That's when I said, that's my last Disney Channel original movie. Everything else after that, I don't consider. I mean, they were on Disney Channel. I don't consider. That's when I graduated and moved on.
1: Yeah. We were also a little, even a little too old to be watching it, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed High School Musical. One. Yeah, it's great. It was good. Um, but let me just say yeah. a couple ones that you missed that I feel.
0: And none of yours were bad guesses.
1: Right. I feel need to be um, stated. Good Double team. Time. Good film.
0: If you look back at the last oh, no. I would say and there was a social media viral thing a little bit about it a little over a year ago. If you look back at like the last like three or four minutes of double team <laughs> and, and the amount of double dribble and travels that were not yeah. called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The coach for that team for the girls is fantastic. And double team, he's fantastic. Yeah. But between how they won the last game, they scored, and somehow got the ball back when the other team didn't turn the ball over. Uh, um, there were some plot holes for sure.
1: It was. I think it's just funny looking back on that one now. Like I don't. Other than that, I don't. I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily care, right? Um. So I will. I will say this: the one that I am upset that you missed, and there was plenty of them, but um. Uh, the thirteenth year. I knew that was
0: coming. I mean, I knew that was my coming. God, not a bad movie. Not a bad. Definitely movie. the most at that time. The most out there.
1: Why? Because he's a mermaid. Merman. Merman. Merman.
0: Yikes, merman, merman. But um, <coughs> I I'm not doing my Zoolander impression. But what's like that came out at a time where there were so many other like movies at that time were like hit, 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 and that movie was just different at the time. And would you say it hit different? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it hit different. <laughs> not sure what that means, but um, <laughs> that's what the kids are saying now. But I'll Google it later. But like,
1: those spicy McNuggets hit different to the other night.
0: <laughs> I will say, because I, I, I'll I get back to Disney, here, Disney Plus here in a second before we wrap things up, is the Cactus Jack meal, Travis, McDonald's, <laughs> great. I got it. I didn't get a Sprite. Sorry, Travis. It was lit, though. It was lit. But I did go back a week later, and I got the McNuggets, the spicy McNuggets. I was like, Connor, I'm going to go get these. You want some? And you were like, yeah. And they're hot.
1: I didn't think they're that spicy. I think the commercial is hilarious because they refer to it as tempura battered. Like it's something like, oh, we've refined.
0: They are definitely hotter than the McChicken sandwich. So this
1: is our argument that we keep saying. The McChicken sandwich isn't spicy.
0: There's a kick to it. I'm not saying it's spicy, but there is a kick between the regular chicken sandwich and the McChicken.
1: So here's what we're going to have the listeners do. They're going to send a DM to the live on set Instagram. Could you plug it for us? What's your what's your handle?
0: At live on pod.
1: At live on pod p o d. Yes. Send a DM. Boom. And say, d- 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 is say yes or no? Is the Mc Mc Chicken? Yeah. The McDonald's McChicken sandwich spicy?
0: Right. I'll put up a Graham story as well and for the people that have been interacting with the Instagram account so far, thank you, but this is going to be the first poll I'm ever putting out there. so It's not spicy. There's a kick to it. I'm not saying it's spicy, but there's a kick to it and there's definitely a kick. <clears throat> yeah, so I guess the next hour we'll talk about Cadet, Cadet Kelly and Cadet we'll, Kelly. we'll wrap things up. That's yeah. good. No, but I mean, 13th year, Cadet Kelly, Color of Friendship. There are a lot of really good movies after that and then uh, My Date with the... My date with the president's daughter. That was also on, the, that. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was on there, right? And then my mom's got a date with the vampire. Twitches. Not for me. Tea and tomorrow, Mary.
1: Yeah. Also, Halloween Town. I never got into Halloween Town. Didn't care no, for it. No.
0: Am I missing one?
1: I mean, Camp Rock was beyond our time. Pass. Joe Bros. Pass. Um, we're missing plenty because I swear to God, there was a time where one a month. Yes, one a month. Yes, they would come out with these films, F I L M S. They were, films. they weren't movies.
0: They were films. They were films. Yeah, that's so. Great. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's great reliving those. But then every once in a while, you'll watch something, you'll be like, oh my god, I can't believe I enjoyed this. I feel like even Stevens is one where it's still enjoyable. But there's some, there's some, like the other couple. Mm-hmm. A long time ago, I rewatched like an episode of Rocket Power, and I was like, "Good God, I can't believe Nickelodeon! Obviously, I can't believe I got through this as a child."
0: Right. I love that show. I would say that even Stevens and Drake and Josh, they hold up today. I oh know, like Nickelodeon God. for oh. Drake and Josh, and, so and even Stevens it definitely holds up. And I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything else, but well, that'll that'll take too long. But what I want to transition to and stay within that that Disney that Disney Plus area is. There's also some really cool documentaries on there as well. And there was one that you showed to me that you put out for your uh, podcast and on your uh, platforms that you talk about Disney on. And one of those was the documentary called Waking Sleeping Beauty. Yes. Which for me, someone who's very much into film, the film industry, and kind of what goes in maybe behind the scenes on a production side and just the overall start to finish aspect of a film and the story. I have a whole new appreciation for animated films. Mm-hmm. And I also have a whole new understanding of kind of went, what went on behind the scenes yeah. for some iconic, not just Disney films, but iconic films that have ever been made. My
1: favorite part about Disney Plus are those sorts of features that they have. Right. Whether they're... Disney Plus originals or whether they're you know previously made or or independently made and then brought to the streaming service. Um Waking Sleeping Beauty is one of them. I'll plug a couple others before we talk about Waking Sleeping Beauty. The Imagineering story is fantastic. It's all about um the Imagineering story is all about the creation of the Disney parks. Six-part miniseries, each episode about an hour long. Mm-hmm. So they start all the way back in back in the back in the fifties when Disneyland in California was being created. Fascinating look into Imagineering. Really, really, really enjoy it. Um, the Pixar story, same sort of thing. They talk about Pixar before it began to to uh, when it became a powerhouse. Then there's also. Um, into the Unknown, which is the making of Frozen 2. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I suggest everyone watch just to see how much work goes into an animated film. You see hundreds of people working on one film. Um, they'll, of course, go on to make a billion dollars. right? But it's just incredible to see how many hands are involved how like as a, an example, an animator can work on one scene that lasts two seconds and they could work on it for a year. right? And that's that's all they're working on. Um, So that's great. Uh, but Waking Sleeping Beauty is kind of in that same line. And the thing with Waking Sleeping Beauty is it's narrated, directed, and produced by a guy named Don Hahn. Mm-hmm. And he was the producer of Beauty and the Beast, amongst other fantastic films. So, this film, Waking Sleeping Beauty, is about the Disney Renaissance, which starts with Little Mermaid. Right. And goes, you know, it was basically when the Disney animation department just took off, could not be stopped. Right. So, it's Little Mermaid, it's Beauty and the Beast, it's Aladdin, it's Lion King. Right. Before Little Mermaid, Disney had fallen on. Hard times in the animation department. Right. So this is kind of them getting their mojo back. How Stella got their groove back. How Disney got their groove back. It's great to see what it took to create those films. Yes. But it's also interesting to see how um, the animators butt heads with each other, but more so how the executives butt heads with the animators and how the executives butt heads with themselves. Right. So you see people like Michael Eisner, who was the the uh, uh, CEO of the Disney company for, for 20 plus years, t- or 20 years exactly, actually. Um, Jeffrey Katzenberg, who was there for, for quite a long time. Um, yeah, so it's just, it's a fascinating look, especially for people our age, into the time when... Our favorite movies were were being created, right?
0: And, and I think that, like you said, there's so much that goes into. It could take someone a month just to draw like a draft. Like these movies take so long to get made because they draw all of it.
1: And it's not just a nine to five gig, to right? It. It's you're there, you're there long hours doing what you're doing.
0: Like I know. Like, I'm a big fan of SNL and a lot of people that have been on it, but one of an SNL alum, Amy Poehler, who was one of the stars of Inside Out. I remember when she was on Jimmy Fallon, she was like, um, like Inside Out was a five or six year process start to finish. And she came in in between years like three and four. And there's just like so much that that goes into it and some of it, some of it where they go with the script and they improv but that that is literally creating every aspect things that have never been created or done before and putting that story on the screen and it all starts with someone that has to draw it and that's fascinating
1: and even with digital like computers and stuff it still takes just as long right so i think like it's much more realistic for sure but it's not it's not an necessarily an easier process. Right. So there's still, you still start with, you might start with a blank screen mm-hmm. versus a blank page. Right. But it's still blank.
0: Right. And, and what I loved about Waking, Sleeping Beauty is you'd see those people kind of at their desk and there's stuff everywhere. There's sketches and things all over the wall and you see people like sitting in their chairs and they're flipping through pages in their, it's probably like a like a pad that has like twenty or thirty pages, and they're flipping back up the ones and they're how they draw and do things and like I'm not a very good drawer. I'm a phenomenal tracer. Can not draw, just like Nick Miller, who is terrible at lying but fantastic at make believe. Okay, <laughs> that's true. Right. Yeah, very right. Good. Very good. <clears throat> and he wants to drink something that a coal miner would drink. You Can know?
1: I come on for episode ten?
0: Well, the odds are you're going to be eight or nine. Right. So, and just talk about New Girl. Sure. Well, we'll, we'll, um, I'll have someone from live on set and get in touch with WDW Opinion. We'll get you locked in. But for me, like just having them like sketch and do all those things, like there's so much that goes into it, and they can put all that work, like an all day or all weekend, to work. And they could be like, no, nope, that's not going to work. We're going to do something else. And I I, think,
1: I really think you need to watch Into the Unknown, yeah. the frozen thing. And you it's told like, me a couple it's, of it's times. It's that on, like, so that's series. So I think there's eight episodes or something like that. Disney Plus. But it's also, yeah, Disney Plus. Also very cool because they interact with the the stars a lot. It's like and Bell, Adina Menzel. What, what did John Travolta? Adele Dazeem. Adele theme. Jonathan Groff. <laughs> uh, Josh Gad.
0: Oh, um, Josh Gad's fantastic. Yeah.
1: It should be Josh Gad plus. That's what Disney Plus
0: actually is because he's everywhere. And and I think and I haven't seen all of Frozen One. At some point, someone's gonna let something go, yeah. and I'm gonna find out. And I gotta watch it to find out.
1: So, um, spoiler alert: uh, genie uh, genie escapes from the bottle. He what? doesn't go back into the lamp. What? Yeah, yeah. That's how the movie ends.
0: Maybe that's. What we find out in the unknown. Maybe, maybe I'll wa- maybe I'll watch that show. Maybe they'll give me some answers.
1: Well, that's Frozen Two, making a Frozen Two, but you still haven't seen Frozen One.
0: I haven't seen all of it.
1: What what part did you stop at?
0: Uh, it was on at a place that I was, and I was watching. I was like, "Damn, this is good," and then I left.
1: I mean, it's only like ninety minutes.
0: I there were other factors involved. Oh, okay, but uh, what I will say is, I know that the the things that you have recommended me to watch on Disney Plus. I have thoroughly enjoyed them. And and it's not like... You know, I think... I think I'm what, just trying to figure out... Well, know, yeah, go ahead.
1: Where you going with this is the... On face value, you see nostalgia with Disney+. Plus? You yes. see Even Stevens. You see The Lion King. You see Toy Story. Yes. Films that you grew up on. Yes. Which is great. And it's cool that that can get you in there. And, and, and maybe it's Star Wars. Maybe it's Marvel. Maybe it's uh, uh, something like that that's going to get you in there. But... I think these things—the Imagineering story, *Waking Sleeping Beauty*, *Into the Unknown*, uh, even *Mandalorian*—I mean, is fantastic. I know you haven't watched all of it, but that type of content is applicable and relevant to adults, right? Just as much. So, like with anything Disney, it could, on face value, be perceived as, "Oh, this is just for this is just for kids, this is yeah. just for children," and I, I really don't think that that that
0: is the case
1: yeah um on this yeah right
0: and I just think like it's like I hundred percent agree because there could be sh- like shows or movies on there or documentaries about things that people who could be like our parents or even older that could reconnect with things and it could still be that that nostalgia thing but there's things like wow, I haven't seen this in so long let me watch it you know yeah you and know one th- thing leads to another but you, you know what too. I
1: think is cool is that on Netflix there's a whole nother page that's like netflix kids right you log in differently right like on disney plus that's not really the case it's just everything can apply to everyone right there's some disney junior stuff on there or whatever that austin likes to watch but that's that's besides the point The, (laughs) the the fact is the vast majority of the streaming service anyone can watch and anyone can enjoy
0: correct and for me when you said like Mandalorian there I got to watch all of that and I'm a like I am a massive 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 Star Wars fan but clearly not when the Mandalorian started I after the first episode I just kind of like I need to come back and commit to this when I'm ready to start a new show from the beginning and go with it and I it just I haven't gotten there yet and I need to and maybe I'll get into it now because I know the second season comes at the end of October, so I have a month to kind of figure it out. It's only, what, eight episodes, nine episodes?
1: Have you just, over the last year, just been very confused by every meme that has ever been produced with a, a small Yoda?
0: No. I, over time, I begin to figure out, I said, there's too many similarities here. Yeah, there ha-
1: has to be some sort of Yoda creature.
0: Because I thought, who's the only other thing in the world that I've seen that looks like this? Like, that looks like that?
1: Again, okay, Let me guess.
0: It's Yoda. Oh. Yeah.
1: Oh, I thought you were gonna say it's it's Yoda and then there's one other thing that kind of looks like him.
0: There's some similarities to Danny DeVito, but I I really don't want to get into I, that no, now.
1: No, 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 no. It was uh it was uh Joe Pesci. Oh Ricky Gervais with the Golden Globes.
0: Oh yes, 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 yes. Okay, I like to change my previous answer to that. Okay. Joe Pesci. But and I'm really excited because I know next week SNL comes back, but Kyle Mooney does a fantastic baby Yoda. On <laughs> on Weekend Update, and that m- that might be the the um, my friends and I joke like live on set. When are you gonna do like, probably be, like funny or do like comedy stuff on there? And I said, well, if I ever got to that, the name of that podcast would be, Lees Us After Dark." Mm-hmm. The Kyle Mooney impersonation and embodiment of Baby Yoda is very much, Kyle Mooney After Dark.
1: I feel like we're having fun. Yeah. Oh no. We are. No. We're, we def- we're def- joking. We're definitely here having fun. We're definitely having fun. On episode five.
0: But what I will say is, I got to finish the Mandalorian. I it's I I've I've gone too long, and I'm I'm gonna have to do that. But, um, God, we are really racing through, not just the podcast here, but a majority of what the CW is doing right now. My God. Last man standing. understanding. But, but Boyd has chickenpox. Oh. <laughs> yikes. Good Lord. But. To, to wrap things together here with with episode five is I think it's that whole part of Disney and that is I can always expect the best from Disney and I know I'll get it. And I know that there are other things that I have not watched that are currently on Disney+. Plus. There are things when it comes to the parks that I have not experienced and I have not um, taken the time to go see and try things. And I know that going into it I'm doing something for the first time or something I've never watched before or experienced, and I know that when I come out of that, I, I will know that it's worthwhile. And that's how it's always been.
1: Yeah, it's consistent. I think that's the big thing. Like, a dud for Disney is a big deal because it's it doesn't happen too often. So, um, And there's so many different parts of Disney now. You know, Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar. Um, on top of, you know plethora of TV stations, right? ABC, ESPN, Disney, um, on top of films, on top of theme parks. Yeah, now streaming service. I mean, that's just right. Cruise ships, right? Ton of stuff.
0: Well, I th- I just think uh, I want to thank you again for coming on. I think everything I've learned more from you with our conversation today, and that's for me the whole the whole part of this podcast. It's having those weekly conversations with my friends family and people I meet along the way about the topics that we have shared interest in. And so before I wrap things up here, Connor, you want to tell us what's going on in the world? What's, what do you have planned for the next hundred episodes of WDW opinion? What else are you looking forward to? What else is going on in your life? I'm just looking forward to living life. Amen. Thank you, Austin, for having <sighs> me on. Amen. Again, um,
1: next hundred episodes for WDW opinion. Uh, we're just going to have fun. Interviews, reviews, more in-depth history stories about the parks, about the company, um, about why I love uh, this place. Trip reports are a big thing we're going to start doing a lot more of. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's a lot of fun and, and it, it's a good time. So if you guys want to check it out, wdwopinion.com. You can check out all that stuff or just search wdwopinion on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this episode on.
0: Amen. There you go. Thank you for saying that. Kind words from a kind man. It is always great having you on set with me today. And the numbers don't lie. I would assume you'll be back sooner than I think. Um, But thank you again, Connor. Had a great conversation today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Live on set, the weekly pop culture podcast, where I talk with my friends, family, and people I meet along the way about what I love the most, and that's pop culture. So thanks thanks so much, guys, for stopping by and listening today. We will be back next week for Episode 6. Thanks for listening, guys. Much love.